Good morning, Thrive Church. Everybody, I'm so glad to see you this morning. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. If you're new here this morning, we're so glad that you're connecting with us. And those who are connecting with us online, uh, we're just glad that you are, are spending time. We are in a relationship and marriage series, and we've been talking about this here for a couple weeks here uh, in a, a marriage series called Ever After. Ever After. And we, we're, we're attracted to that phrase because... Well, that's, that's what we want to see happen in our relationships, I hope, I hope and pray. Uh, you know, the, Disney has made billions of dollars off of that title at the, at the end where they, the couple goes and they live happily ever after. And so today, I want to talk to the married couples of the church. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to everybody, all right? So I want to, we're going to talk about marriage a little bit, and for all the singles who just may have just turn me off right here. I want you to just say, hang on right here, hang on. I, I want to encourage you singles. If you're here today and you would like to one day be married or maybe be married again. I heard somebody talking about this, uh, this, this past week. They said the time to prepare for marriage is not after you've gotten engaged. The time that you prepare for marriage is now. And so I want to speak to all of us here this morning, whether you are married or whether you're single, and I just, I want to get some insights from the word of God of what he says about marriage and our responsibility. So the title of my message today is Responsible. Everybody say responsible. Okay, responsible. So uh, when it comes to marriage, have you ever asked the question, what is my responsibility? What really is? Have you ever found yourself asking your question? Or how about this? Have you ever looked at your spouse and, you, and you, maybe you've never said it, maybe you have said it, but you just thought, what is it that you, not, not, not what you want from me, but what is it that you need from me? What is it that you need from me? There's a book out there, uh, it's been around for a while, called His Needs her Needs by William Harley. And he says this, he says, a lot of the conflict that we have in marriage, we, we wanna blame it on selfishness, but that's not always the case. A lot of the conflict that we deal with in marriage is really a result of ignorance. Ignorance, in other words, we really don't understand. We're just kind of, sometimes we just, we just wing it. And we think, well, that's what I like. That's my need, so maybe that's her need too. And, and so we try to do that. And because we're so different, because we're so different, each and every one of us, uh, we, we sometimes run into problems. We sometimes run into resentment because we're trying to meet the needs of our spouse our way. And what happens is we can, have, we can feel unloved and rejected and can lead to a lot of problems. He says in his, bo in his book, he says, men's top Emotional needs are usually women's least important needs and vice versa. Let me say that one more time. A man's top emotional needs are usually a woman's least important needs and vice versa. So when we love our spouse in the way we assume our spouse wants or needs to be loved, again, it can create a lot of resentment. So when we, we're going to look this morning at Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to turn it in your Bibles with me, Ephesians chapter 5. The Apostle Paul gives us some very, very candid words 
on this topic of marriage. He tells each of, our, our, of us spouses, okay? Each of us, he tells us, you are responsible. If your spouse is with you here today, I want you to just look at your, your spouse right now, look them in the eyes and say, you can even point the finger at it. You are responsible. You are responsible, okay? All right, we're gonna, are we ready? We're gonna go into the deep end of the pool today. Ephesians chapter five, verse 33. Paul says this, he says, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife, she must respect her husband. Now, I heard somebody once say this. Somebody once says this. I want you to get this vision for marriage here. Get this vision. They said, the greatest picture of marriage is two individuals who act as servants in love with each other. Did you get that vision? Two individuals. We know that God's vision for marriage is that the two, husband, wife, that the two would become one. And get the vision of two individuals who are deeply in love with each other and the way that they come together as one is through love and servanthood. Love and servanthood. I really think that's what Paul is talking to us about. It is putting your spouse's needs in front of your own. It's knowing, not only, not only meeting their needs, but knowing what their needs are, and it's giving without the expectation of receiving. You see, your responsibility, one more time, your responsibility is to serve your spouse by meeting their needs in the context of love and respect. Now, there's a, a marriage communicator out there named Jimmy Evans, okay? We did a conference with Jimmy Evans last year called the XO Conference, and he says this. He says, the number one, mar- the number one problem in marriage is unmet needs, unmet needs. So, and I believe this. I believe that God designed marriage. God designed marriage as a means for us to meet each other's needs, Think about it. If, 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 we didn't, if we didn't have all these needs, we, we wouldn't get married. We wouldn't need married. So when you reject husbands and wives, when you reject your spouse's needs, whether you, whether you do it on purpose or not, but when you reject your spouse's needs, you are rejecting your spouse. Can, I, can, can we just let that sink in for a second? When we reject our spouse's needs, knowingly or unknowingly, we are really, in fact, rejecting our spouse. So, so as we dig deeper in, in, in Ephesians chapter five, again, again, Paul gets very candid here, and, and, and he says this. He, 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 he deals, he, he answers the question, what is my responsibility? So I want to talk, first of all, we're going to talk to two group, two people groups here. I hope all of you stay with me here. But I want to talk, because Paul addresses the husbands and then he addresses the wives, I want to talk to the husbands who are in the house here, the men who are in the house here today. And I want to talk about your responsibilities. So men, I want you to take notes. What is your responsibility? Ephesians 5, verse 25, Paul says, 
for husbands. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his life. So Ephesians chapter five, Paul says it three times. If you read through Ephesians five, he says it three different times to us men. If you wanna know what your responsibility is, men, men, your responsibility is love your wife. Not just like, well, I, I love her. I tell her I love her every day. I told her I loved her when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let her know. <laughs> it's more than that. It's through our actions. Because when the verb tense that's in this in Ephesians chapter five is the God kind of love. It is the giving. It is the action without the expectation in return. It is to, listen to me, it is to love dearly. It is to cherish. It is to regard with high value. Let me just give you a sermon illustration. Maybe I'll just touch on a couple things. Guys, that car that is in your garage that you have been working on for years that you love. Am I stepping on toes right now? That's how you love your wife. Guys, that fishing boat that is also in your garage, and it is spick and span, and it is beautiful, and you love to take it out every week, and you know how to love and take care of that boat. That's what it means, all right? Guys, that collection of hunting rifles that's in that safe in your garage and it's locked up really good, right, men? <laughs> okay. And you, you, they are oiled and they are spick and, spick and span and that, that is just, oh man, you just love that. The way that you take care of those guns, you need to take care of your wives. Well, wives, don't, don't be offended by the illustrations I just gave here because all of the men understand what I just said to them. To love is to cherish. To cherish is to value highly and to take care of it with care and respect. To love as Christ loves us. How did Christ love us? Christ demonstrated his love for us that even when we rejected him, he went to the cross and he paid the price for our sins sacrificially. Men, our responsibility is to love our wives sacrificially. So in, in, in marriage today, uh, Jimmy Evans, I'm, I'm taking some of his ideas. He talks about four major needs that your wife has, okay? I'll go through them quickly here. And, 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 and you know, some of the wives are like, oh, you're missing some. Just, just follow me, ladies, okay? Just follow me here. The, the number one need, and again, a lot, I've, I did a lot of research on this. The number one need that we see that ladies have is security. Security. Not, listen to me, man. Listen, guys. Nothing makes a wife feel more secure than a selfless, sacrificial husband who cares about their marriage. And all of the ladies said, okay, I, I'm trying to help you out, ladies, <laughs> okay? All of the ladies said, nothing makes a wife feel more insecure than a selfish and detached husband who only cares about himself. And all the ladies said, amen. amen. All right. Man, we want security in our wives. We need to instill 
security in our wives. And one of the couple of ways that we do that, what am I talking about here? Well, let's talk about our finances here. Our finances here. Your wife wants to know that you are going to help in the provision for your family. And that is the exact reason why she got so, some of you may not understand. You're like, why is she so mad? This is the exact reason why your wife got so angry with you when you brought home that new, that brand new fishing boat that you failed to talk to her about before you bought you might be building some insecurity in her heart. Children, your, 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 wife, your wife wants you to be involved with the children. When you, are in, you build insecurity in, in your spouse, when you are involved in their lives, I saw a few weeks ago uh, this dad, this friend of mine, and on Facebook and social media, and, and uh, this dad had built the most awesome fort in their basement with their kids. And he's in the midst of a plane with them that builds security. Man, your wives want romance. Before we go any farther with that, they define it differently than we do. And you would do yourself a great favor if you would understand their definition. Let me, let me, let me help you out, guys. Let me help you out. Remember when you started to date your wife I hope that it was a pleasant experience for your wife. But what did we do? What did we do, guys? Yeah, we flowers, <laughs> gifts, romantic walks, sitting there listening, staring into each other's eyes. Talk, 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 talking on the phone, texting each other. Remember that? Why is, am, I on the, am I on the right pathway here? Am I on the right path? Man, listen to me. Your wife, what you did back then, she still needs today. Ladies, you gotta be backing me up here. <laughs> what she needed back then, what you gave her back then, she still needs today. Because this, with a wife, when, you, when you, there's a lack of romance, what you're saying is you are no longer on my heart. Man, I'll tell you right now, tell your wife what you see in her. One of the things I tell my wife just about every day, my pet name for my wife is beautiful. Beautiful, because that's what I see in her. Call out what you see in her. Second thing that our wives need is they need affection. One woman described her, her happiness in marriage like this. She said, my husband treats me like someone in a room full of antiques. He walks in, picks me up, and holds me with the great care and tenderness. I often feel like I'm the most precious thing in our home. He saves the best hours and his best efforts for me and not the television. Man, our wives need our affection. They need us to hold hands in public, to, to rub her shoulders, to be affect, have affectionate hugs. Ask your wife what it means to be affectionate. I was looking through, again, to see you find the darndest things on social media, but I found this quote here, or this, 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 this 10 ugly things awful husbands do to their wives. Here's an example of what not to do. Here's an example of what it looks like to be that guy. First of all, if you want to be an awful husband to your wife, be critical. Point out all of her mistakes. Try to be controlling. Wives love that when you try to control them. 
That's their favorite. Treat her like an object. That, that like your wife is not there to, that she's there to please you. Um, don't, whatever you do, don't spend time with her. She doesn't want you around anyhow. <laughs> Use crude language around her. She, that's her, she loves that. View pornography. Yeah, that's really cool. And just leave it sitting on the, on the, on the computer. Uh, expect all these high expectations from her. Compare her to other wives. That, that would be her favorite. Don't help her around the house. Lose your temper a lot and lie to her consistently. <laughs> that would be the opposite. That, if you want to be that guy, that's how to be that guy. Man, listen to me. Your wife needs to know that you cherish her. And the way that we cherish our wives is through loving affection. Third, third thing that our wives need for us is communication. Wives need us to learn to be open to them and to be honest with them. Communication. Here's four ways that we communicate quickly here. First of all, we communicate with our words. And it's not just the words that we use, but it's the tone that we use. Man, listen to me. I want to help. Again, I'm trying to help you out here. Man, your wife is your bride. She's not one of the guys in your workplace. She's your bride. And man, we need to learn to listen. Even when we don't understand, we need to learn to listen. And when you do not understand, please ask questions. Men, we need to listen. We, we learn to communicate with our attitude. Your attitude is so much. How many of you ever noticed this before? That you could be in a room and everybody's laughing and having a good time and one person walks into the room and the whole room changes, Okay. You ever, you ever experienced that person? And what just walked into that room is not just that person, but it's their attitude. Man, we need to have a Christ-like attitude that when you walk into the room, your wife is so glad that you're there. And we need to communicate with our actions. Our actions communicate that we love them. But sometimes communication can be hard. I remember growing up that my dad had this favorite scripture verse and he would say it a lot. He said it, it's Psalm 19, 14. And I think, I think that my dad sometimes had a problem with communication. Sometimes it got a little loud. Sometimes it was a little bit angry. But I, my dad used to say this scripture verse. I can almost hear him say it now. He used to just, it kind of in his breath, he's made the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And man, what if we took up that scripture verse for our heart when we communicate with our wives? Just as we want our hearts and our communication to be right with God, what if we just say, I want my communication to be right with my spouse? Fourth thing that our wives need from us is they need servant leadership. Servant leadership. Somebody said this, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between the two, the leader must become a servant. Men, we are called to be the leaders in our home, but we are called to be servant leaders. What is a servant leader? To me, I define a servant leader as somebody who, all of us are leaders, by the way, 
Just, just want to make note of that. Every one of us in this room, if we have influence, if we have relationships, connection with people, we all are leaders. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. I just want everybody to own it right now. And you can be a leader that's all about you, or you can be a leader that's about others. And a servant leader is somebody who is about others. A servant leader is a person who leads in such a way as to add value to others. Let me say that one more time. A servant leader leads in such a way as to add value to others. It's not all about them. It's about others. How can I bless others? And I'm telling you, your wives need you to be the leader in their home, but they don't need you to be, they need you to be servant leader. They need you to make sacrifice for the benefit of others. Men, your wife needs you to step up and lead. And not in the alpha male sense of the word. <laughs> I... I, 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 I'm not going to tell you who this person is. You don't know them, this person. But there, there's, there's somebody I, I know. And he jokingly used to come home when he'd come home during the day. You know, when he'd come home from work, he'd come in, he'd slam the door. And I'm just joking around. But he would yell out, woman, hear me roar. <laughs> I'll tell you this. She's no longer hearing him roar because she left. <laughs> she got tired of that. Men, be the leader that your wife is inspired to follow. Be that, be that leader. I read this story. There once was a husband who demanded that his wife conform to the rigid standards of his choosing. She was to do certain things for him as a wife, mother and homemaker, in time, she, came, she became to hate her husband as much as she hated his list of rules and regulations. And then one day, he died. Sometime later, she fell in love with another man, and she married him. She and her new husband lived on a perpetual honeymoon. Her new husband was committed to her and her interest. Joyfully, she devoted herself to his happiness and welfare. One day she ran across one of the sheets of do's and don'ts that her first husband had written down for her to memorize. To her amazement, she found that she was doing for her second husband all the things her first husband had demanded of her, although her new husband had never once suggested them to her. She did them as an expression of love for him. Do you, see, do you see what I'm talking about, men? Men, we need to be the spiritual, we, more importantly, not only do we need to be the, the, the servant leader in our homes, we need to be the spiritual leader in our homes. Because when we are right with God, it begins to overflow with our relationship with our wife. Let me say that, we, that's gotta stick, okay? When we, men, when we are in right relationship with God, it will automatically overflow in our relationship with our wife and our children. Man, be the spiritual leader in your home. Lead like Jesus. I'm gonna be talking about that here in a few weeks, but let's lead like Jesus. How did Jesus lead? Jesus, first of all, led with a towel. 
He led with a towel and he got down on his hands and knees and he washed his disciples' feet. That's the kind of leader that we need to be in our homes. Not only did he lead with a towel, but he led with a cross because he looked at your needs, every one of you, whether you liked him or not, he, he met your needs on the cross and he sacrificially died on the cross for you. And that is the exact challenge that Paul gives to us, that we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church. All right, let's talk to the ladies. Ladies, what is, what is a wife's responsibility? Ephesians 5.33, Paul says, and the wife must respect her husband. There's, there's four major needs of a husband, according to marriage today. And again, and there, there's many other articles, but here's, here's my takeaway. The first thing that your husband needs from you, listen to me, ladies, listen, this is big, okay? Understand this, your husband needs respect. Paul calls it here. He says, respect your husband. In the King James Version, the word that is used there is reverence. It is an action. It is to have a deep respect, a deep admiration for one's abilities, qualities, and to regard him with high value. Notice what Paul did not say. Paul did not say, respect him the way that you see it on television today. The way that you see that family, you know, Respect, respect their father, because you know it ain't happening. Paul, Paul doesn't say respect them the same way your, your friends respect their husbands. Paul doesn't say respect him like your mother respected your father. He does not say respect him only if he makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Listen to me, ladies. How many of you ever heard of that phrase? Maybe your mom said it. The way to a man's heart is through his... <laughs> there is a lot of truth to that. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. But I say, the key to your husband's heart is through your respect. Through your respect. Because men will gravitate, men will gravitate where he feels respected. If he's married to his work, maybe that is a place where he feels respected. If he's always around his friends all the time, maybe that is a place where he feels respected. Ladies, I just want you to know men will gravitate to that place where he feels respected. Here's what you need to know about men and respect. Men would rather, listen, this is really important. Men would rather feel unloved than inadequate and disrespected. That is a way to, to love a man, is to respect him. Husbands need to know that their wives respect them both privately and publicly, whether they are there or not. They need to know that. A man's anger is often a response of feeling disrespected. I, all you need to do is look throughout history and you'll see so many wars that were started because a man got disrespected. How many fights, how many arguments have taken place because a man felt disrespected? Here's a couple ways to avoid disrespect with your spouse. Ladies, I want to encourage you. 
I know, I know you hate to see your husband fail, but sometimes you just need to allow him to fail. Sometimes we make the mistake that, that, that we say, well, that, you know, uh, men will make some mistakes, but they're not perfect. Wives, sometimes we get into, you get into trouble when you try to correct him and make him better. You're not gonna correct your husband. I had somebody tell me this, somebody told me this, this rule, three rules for marriage. This is not in my notes. Three rules for marriage. Write this down real quick. Number, number one, number one, you cannot change your spouse. Write that down. You, you don't want to forget this. You cannot change your spouse. Look at your spouse, say, I can't change you. I'm not going to change you anymore. Okay. Number two, the only person that you can change is yourself. The only person you can change is yourself. And number three, rule, with God, all things are possible. I, I love that last one. That's really important. You cannot change your spouse, so stop trying to change him. The only person you can change or work on is you, so maybe you should just work on you. Number three, with God, all things are possible. And so that's why I say let God be the change agent. Instead of you correcting and trying to challenge him to do better, and you're not doing that, right? Maybe you just let God point that out. Let God be the change agent. And instead, honor the man you want him to be. Listen to me, ladies. Men go crazy for honor. Men go crazy for honor. And they become healthy in the atmosphere of respect. So I wanna ask you, what do you see in your husband? What do you see in your husband? What, what was it at first that you, was, you were most attracted to? Continue to see that in your husband. Begin to continue to see it in him. Honor him at that level and watch him rise to it, okay? Second of all, wives, what do your husband need? Your husband needs your support. If, if I've heard this, I've heard, I've heard wives say this before. I just need my husband to step up and I need him to be the leader of my home. Ladies, I would say this. If you want your husband to step up and be the servant leader in your home, you need to honor their leadership. If you want them to step up and be the leader, allow them to lead. If you know anything about military tactics, I'm gonna, guys understand, but... but especially this kind of happened in Vietnam, all right? My, my studies of military history. And what happens is they would have a squad of maybe five, six, seven, or eight, eight soldiers, and they, they would go through the jungles, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're navigating their way to, to where the enemy was. They would, didn't, they would even spread out like this, but they, a single file line. And then they were all equal in rank, except one, the commander, and he, he wasn't gonna lead this route, but they would designate one person to be point. And he was the leader. Again, they were all equal, but they designated one to be the point leader. And so that point leader would navigate through the jungle. Hand signals, let's stop. Let's move forward. Go to left, go right. And he was the point leader. But that's the most dangerous position, is the point leader. Wives, we need to allow our husbands to be the point leader in our platoon. If you were in battle, the most dangerous thing that could happen to that patrol is for somebody to say, ha, I want to be point leader too. 
and him stand, and all of a sudden now you're going in two different directions. You can't have two point leaders. So allow your husband to be that leader. Men, step up and be the leader in your home. Wives, let your husbands lead and support them through your encouragement. Men will become, ladies, men will become what you validate. Tell him, tell him that you appreciate him for what he does. Tell him what a good job he does. You're not feeding his pride. You're filling his heart. You're filling his love tank. Did you hear me? You're not filling his, wow, well, he's so prideful. No, 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 that's not what it's about. You're filling his love tank. And if you, ladies, if you have insecurities, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm gonna lose my man card for this, but your husband has insecurities too. Fill his love tank with the man you see in him. Tell him he's good. Tell him he's strong. I, I love one of my favorite movies, Saving Private Ryan. How many of you have seen that movie? If you've never seen this movie, again, I have to talk to the men here. It's a story of Private James Francis Ryan. If you know that the movie, what happens is he has three brothers who had just recently been killed. Four of these brothers are in World War II and three of them have been recently killed and somebody back in Washington got the, the understanding of what's happening. It's like, we cannot break this mama's heart one more time. We need to go into the midst of this battle of the D-Day invasion and we need to get young Private James Francis Ryan out of this. So he, they assigned this, this, this group of men, about 10 guys, and they go in through the, the heart of Germany looking for Private James Francis Ryan. Well, individually, these guys get knocked off. And there's just one Captain John Miller, and it's just been this final battle. And Captain John Miller, he's been shot, and he's looking at Private James Ryan, and he's dying, and he just, he's letting them know, now, now that you live, now that you get to go home, live a good life. Well, Private James Francis Ryan, he takes this very personal. And I, I love the ending of this movie. Can you guys show? Just, just I want you to watch. This is a man's heart, ladies. This is a man's heart right here. Go ahead and show it. St. Marshal, General, Chief of Staff. Done for me. 
James. Captain John H. Miller. So he's, he's looking at the graveside of the, of, the, of the captain who challenged him to live a good life. And now 20, 30 years later, he's looking at that same tombstone and he's asking the question, am I doing a good job? Am I a good man? And, and ladies, I want you to know your men, your, your, your husbands are asking that question. They're asking, they may not be asking it out loud, but they wanna know. They want to know. Ladies, I, I, just as you want your husband to tell you you're beautiful, look at your husband in the eyes and tell him. Tell him with all the sincerity that you have, you are a good man. You're a good man. And watch life rise up within your husband. Let me continue here. I, I'm running short of time here. What your husband needs from you, he needs your friendship. Men love it when you engage with them in their world. Years ago, uh, my, when my wife and I were beginning to fi- figure this out, okay, because I think we were in a, a season where we were kind of stuck, and my wife completely surprised me. This is when we lived in, in Dayton, Ohio, and she's, she said, this is how I want you to get all dressed up, and da-da-da-da-da, we're going to be outside, and then she gave me a package, and it was a, inside the package was this Ohio State jacket. Jacket, and she took me to an Ohio State football game and she completely invaded my world and I loved it. I loved it. L- ladies, men love when you engage in their world and because she loves to watch football with me, I tolerate watching Hallmark Channel with her. <laughs> <laughs> Let me continue on last here. I'm going to try to be tactful here because maybe young minds. But your man, your husband values, can we use the word intimacy? Can we use that word? All right, we know we're all on the same page here. Man, I want to just say this. Man, I just want to say this to you. There is nothing more attractive to a wife who loves Jesus than a godly man. Let that sink in, men. You want to be attractive to your wife? Love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And a godly wife, do I dare say the word sexy? <laughs> this is a man's need. God, your husband is not some, your husband has needs that God put in his life. 
just as you desire him to be a leader, just as you want him to desire you, he needs you to desire him. And I wanna challenge you as couples, beware. Beware, because there are some couples that have used this topic as a control mechanism, as a way of controlling your spouse. You don't do this for me, then I don't do this for you. Oh, okay, you know what that turns into? Oh, well, if you don't do that for me, well, then I don't do this for you. Are you following me on this? And beware, this is a dangerous road. Listen to me, marriage is God's antidote for sexual immorality. We know that we are living in a world that is just going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here, right? Things are just going crazy and you turn on the TV like, oh my word, and you're hearing stories after stories after this. Listen to me, if you want a healthy, thriving marriage, do not deprive each other emotionally or sexually. Be careful of this because you will regret it. All right. So I close out this message here. Husbands and wives, let me talk to you. You have a responsibility. And this is your responsibility, is to meet each other's needs. Paul makes it very clear. We all have needs. Men, women need to be cherished. Men, love and cherish your wives. Men have this need. It just, God built us this way. We need to be respected. Wives, honor Love and respect your husbands. Be, I want to challenge men. If you, I just call these things out that we need. If these things, if you want these things, I challenge us men who are in the church today, be a husband worth respecting. If we need respect, let's be husbands worth respecting. Wives, let's make sure that we are wives that are worth dying for. What if we just focused on that? Again, as I said before, we can get so focused on our spouse and what they're not doing, what they're not doing. What if men, we said, I'm gonna be a husband worth respecting. Wives, I'm gonna be a wife worth dying for. And I'm gonna build, we're gonna build this marriage together through mutual respect. So, here's my challenge for you, couples. That's what I want to challenge you. And if you are dating or if you are uh, engaged, this, is, this applies for you as well. I, I want to challenge you to a date night challenge, all right? And I want, you, I want to challenge you to go out on a date, set up a date, and to have just these two questions that you ask each other. Husbands, I want, to add, I want you to sit down and, add, and maybe pencil and paper in hand, but I want you to ask your wife, look her in the eyes and say, what is it that makes you feel loved? And then men, I want you to listen. And wives, I want you to be open. I don't want it to be a complaint, like, well, I'm finally glad you asked because when you do this and you do this and you do that, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I just want you to tell your husband because maybe he doesn't know. Remember what I was saying? A lot of the problems is not because of selfishness, it's out of ignorance. Tell your husband how to meet your needs. And men, listen to it. Listen to what they're saying. Listen, listen. 
Wives, I want you to ask your husband, what is it that makes you feel respected? What is it that I do? But what, what, what is it? When, when you, how does that, what does that look like? And then take this and learn from each other. Amen? Amen. I know. I went long here this morning. I just, I, my heart is heavy. We have seen so many marriages, not, not, not so much in this church, but in the world, just, ah, out of ignorance and out of selfishness. I want to live like Jesus has called me to love, to live in my marriage as well. So can I, can I just do this? Can I just pray for each and every one of us who are here today? I wanna pray for marriages, pray for couples, pray for singles who are here today. In Jesus' name, all around this room, Lord, I pray that you would begin to bring healing. I pray that you would bring understanding and wisdom to each and every one of our lives on how to better love and cherish our wives and how to better love and respect our husbands or our future spouses. Lord, be with us, Lord, in our marriages. In Jesus' name I pray. As Gary was talking about before, what I just talked about today, just quickly here, I talked about relationship, the most important, the, the number two most important relationship in your life is your marriage with your spouse, okay? Number one most important relationship is your relationship with Jesus. I wanna ask you, do you have a relationship with Jesus? That relationship will change everything. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you can do that right now by just praying with me. Just say, God, I need you. I'm asking you to come and live inside of me, to change me from the inside out, to forgive me of my sins. Today, I choose to live in relationship with my God, my healer, my creator. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.